0: Hi there, folks. Welcome to Stinchfield, the podcast. I'm Grant Stinchfield, of course. Today's episode all about the mainstream media. We are going to expose them for the losers that they really are. Do you think the mainstream media knows anything at all about what real life is about? No, they live in a bubble. You think they know what it's like to run a business, try to make payroll, the problems that real Americans go through? No, they do not. How do I know this? I was a member of of the mainstream media for over 20 years before I started buying and selling businesses. I'll give you the insight of what drives a member of the mainstream media. And you know who agrees with me? Dana White, the CEO of the UFC, that Ultimate Fighting Championship uh, organization. He weighs in on all of this. Uh, Again, the program is brought to you by Midas Gold Group. We love these guys, MidasGoldGroup.com, 855-322-GOLD, 855-322-GOLD. I want you to go there, pay them a visit. Now is the time to start investing in precious metals. And here's the thing, there's a lot of gold companies out there. These are the guys that I know personally and I trust. Give them a visit. All right, with that, let's get the party started. Answered and unapologetic, this is Stenchfield. Here's your host, Grant Stenchfield. All right, folks, one of the things that I went through when I was a member of the mainstream media, and to give you a little bit of my background, I worked in the NBC-owned and operated stations group for really almost 20 years. I worked for a couple of affiliates before I went to work for the NBC-directly-owned stations, but I started in Missoula, Montana. NBC, Fort Myers, Florida, NBC station, Hartford, Connecticut, NBC station, WNBC, NBC station. Uh, then I came to Dallas, Texas, um, where I worked for the, uh, the NBC station right here in Dallas uh, as well. So a uh, lot of years working for NBC, working inside these newsrooms, seeing what makes these people tick. And I can tell you by and large... Most of the reporters I encountered, bar a rare few, were well-intentioned liberals. They weren't the devious, evil liberals that you see almost on a national level or you see running many of these networks now. These were well-intentioned, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed liberals. They're the type of people that often go into nonprofits. The type of people you actually need in the world that sacrifice or, or are willing to sacrifice making a lot of money in order to help people. And I think many of the members of the media originally went into the job to help people. Um, And they think that government's job is to help people. And that is not government's job. So anytime government isn't helping the people, they think the government isn't operating correctly. All the government is supposed to do is very simple. Provide for national security, okay? Okay. Provide for the free flow of transportation, roads, bridges, et cetera. And the government's supposed to make laws so it's not the Wild West. Regulations. When do you need regulations? When two or more people are involved in a deal and one or more of those people don't get a say in the deal. That's where laws and regulations come in, including criminal laws, can fall into that category as well. Beyond that, government doesn't have a role in our lives, Government is about being there to ensure that we have an opportunity to succeed and exercise our freedoms as Americans. Now, we know we've gotten away from that in America. Our government doesn't operate like that anymore, sadly. Um, But liberals who go into the media look at government that's not helping people and all of a sudden government is bad. So government that's not spending money on poor people or programs for poor people or programs for kids or education or all of these studies, then somehow government's not doing its job. So that's a core belief of many of the reporters. Now, I got into reporting because, well, I'll be honest with you. I thought it would be really cool. I thought it would be cool to go from big event to big event to uh, travel around the country. I thought the job would be more glamorous than it actually was. I thought it would be really cool to be on TV. And I thought there was an opportunity to make a lot of money. Those are the reasons why I got into reporting. Now, once I got into reporting and I realized, boy, you better be very, very good before you get to a point of making a lot of money. And I'll give you an example. I'm somewhat of an open book. When I got to Dallas, this is 20-something years ago, I was making just over six figures as an investigative reporter. Decent salary, but you're not going to get rich and your family, you're not going to you're not going to be able to do all the things you want with your family if you were a sole breadwinner, you know, making uh, what 150 grand a year, something like that. Good salary, but not not going to light the world on fire. I knew if you wanted to light the world on fire, you had to start doing what I'm doing, opinion stuff. But that took me Almost two decades before I got into opinion stuff and 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 dealing with what I do now, because what happened to me when I got into the media is I started to learn to love the job for what it was. I love the artistic idea of reporting and putting what I amounted to a small documentary together every night for the evening news. Maybe it was only a minute and 30 seconds long, but it was a small documentary and I love the artistic idea of it. I love the idea of helping people. I love the idea of being a voice for people that didn't have a voice. I love that being being someone that could go and rescue someone that couldn't rescue themselves and being there to help prop them up and get them some action, okay? Um, that was very, very um, fulfilling for me. As a human being four Emmy Awards, I look at them as nonsensical now because the business has become just an absolute joke. But the work that I was doing, I felt really good about it. And I felt like I was a very unbiased reporter. I would take different looks and views at stories than other reporters would do. That's how I infused my conservatism into my job. I always was a conservative, but I infused it into my job by doing stories no other reporter would do private company takes over a housing project and that private company transforms the housing project by giving little plots of land to people where they could grow gardens and and creating a sense of ownership amongst the community and, and creating a sense of community and putting rules in place that the government housing project couldn't put in place, making people sign leases. If you're caught dealing drugs, you're instantly kicked out and this housing project all of a sudden just Goes from the worst hellhole in America in the Bronx to one of the greatest housing projects, which wasn't even a housing project, became a beautiful apartment complex where poor people lived, but it was a beautiful place to live in the middle of the South Bronx. Private investment, free markets, private uh, uh, companies running it, no bureaucracy. This is this is the benefits of capitalism. That's how I would do stories. You wouldn't even know I was infusing it into the viewers, but I was. So sadly, nobody in my business, at least not many, came from backgrounds of entrepreneurs. My father was a contractor. My grandfather was a contractor. My grandfather before him, my great-grandfather came from Italy, started an electrical construction company in New York City. At the height of it, was running 700 men. These are Entrepreneurs. These are businessmen (coughs) running real businesses. I would watch them chase down money. I would watch them struggle uh, when they were afraid that they were not going to be able to make payroll. I knew what it was really like to have hundreds of families relying on you for food in their mouths. And um, that was always humbling for me. Yet many reporters have no idea what that's like. They collect their paycheck they go into their little newsroom, this little bubble, and they all talk about what they think is right, and they have a cushy enough job that they don't have to suffer, and they, they have a little bit of, of jealousy towards the wealthy because they're not making as much money as they are. And so they'll stick it to the rich, and then this giant snowball starts to unfold that you get the liberal media. And, uh, and and that's, I believe, one respect how we get to where we are today with the liberal media. So uh, I'm going to play Dana White, a comment that he made um, uh, about the mainstream media. And it's just classic. And it really is what sparked this podcast. Uh, but before I play that Dana White clip, I want to tell you about my friends over at Defender Gear. Check this out. This is a Defender Gear shirt, Freedom Fighter I love it. I wear Defender Gear stuff all the time. It's like the official merch of Stinchfield's Army uh, because the people behind Defender Gear is an army. They want to create their own army. They want to create a team, a patriotic team, that when you wear Defender Gear, what you're telling the world is that you love America, that you will stand up for your beliefs, that you are unapologetic about your love of freedom and, and your hatred of tyranny. So I urge you, go get some Defender Gear shirts. The website is super easy. Defender-Gear.com forward slash grant. Use promo code GRANT15 for 15% off. Grant 15 is the promo code. Go to defender-gear.com forward slash grant. Do it today, and I promise you, you will be at the quality of the shirts is great, okay? Send them through the washing machine, whatever you got to do over and over again. They last, these shirts. Trust me, I wear them all the time. I wear them to the gym, and I wear them under blazers, and obviously, I wear them underneath my sweat jacket uh, as well. I'm a freedom fighter. You're a freedom fighter. Go get one of these, but they got a whole bunch of shirts you're going to love. Defender-gear.com forward slash grant use promo code grant 15 all right i told you i would play you dana white okay um i love this guy because he is unapologetic about his beliefs he's the ceo of ufc ultimate fighting champions i believe that's how you say the company is it not ultimate fighting championship ufc um big trump guy loves president trump and he's just an all-around badass, right? He tells it like it is. The media despises a guy like this because he tells the truth so often. Check this out, what he says about the mainstream media. And and I'm going to uh, apologize for the language in advance. You know, I don't like to use curse words on the program, but, but he does. So be it. We're all big boys. And especially
1: the media. If the media tells you you've got something that that's going to fail, it's definitely going to win. The media are the <laughs> dumbest, know nothing, do nothing, never can built nothing, motherfuckers on planet Earth. So when they say it isn't going to work, you got a fucking home run, man. You know what I mean? Just jump in and grind. the The, the media. These guys. Think about who these people are when you really think about the media. Who are they? Where did they come from? Why does their opinion matter? What have they ever done? What have they ever created? What have they ever built? Who's ever depended on a paycheck from the media? Nobody. They are a bunch of zeros that sit around and write stories about people who are actually doing shit.
0: Well, that in the world of sports is what you call a jock sniffer. Okay? Many of these sports writers, sports reporters... They're jock sniffers. Some were wannabe athletes. Now they hang around athletes and they suck up to them in the locker room. In the news world, um, I don't want to say that everybody that's never created something or done something big is a loser because that's almost what he says there. There are some well-intentioned reporters out there. But I will tell you he's right that by and large most of them never take the next step to go build something great, to go do something great, to take a chance, to take a risk. And I have some ideas of why that is. Liberals don't like to take risks, okay? They're afraid of everything. They're afraid of their own shadows. So already you have a group of people in an industry, the media, that is filled with liberals that are, by and large, cowards, Liberals are very scared people. Look at the masks during COVID. The, let get vaccine, protect me. This I don't want to die. They're afraid of death. They don't have religion in their lives. So, so then they're so scared of what's going to happen or what's not going to happen or where they're going to go. Or does it just end? Um, I'm not afraid of any of those things. I'm not afraid of disease. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of the afterlife. I'm not afraid of what happens. I have faith. I have faith that everything's going to be okay, and you know what? I do my best and live my life, and it comes when it comes. Not a liberal. They're scared to death. So that also translates to business, and I can't tell you how many of – they're not really even friends because I don't even keep in touch with any of them. Um, How many fellow reporters that I'm out of TV now – I got out of TV around 40 years old, and I'm 54 now – my life started when I got out of TV. And when I say out of TV, I mean mainstream TV. I liquidated my 401K. I bought a, what they call a quick car oil change. K-W-I-K-K-A-R. Big auto care business. Bought the property with it. Multi-million dollar investment. Had 20, 25 guys working for me at any given time. and uh, and And put it all on the line for an existing business. That I want to make sure cash flowed. That was my model because I'm not a super risk taker like entrepreneurs that risk it all on an idea. I like to call myself a small-time capitalist. I, I take my risks on businesses that already have a history of cash flowing. I don't even like turnaround businesses. I want to find a business that cash flows <clears throat> that has enough money to pay off the note as I'm buying it and build that business to make more money. That's a great model. Five, six, seven years later, sell it. I've done that a couple times in my life. I'm doing okay doing it. I don't know if I'll do it again. I'm loving this conservative media. And in many respects, Grant Stinchfield, Inc. I've got the podcast. I've got the radio. I've got the TV show. I've got social media. uh, I've got stuff I do to rep other products. This is a whole giant business. The only problem with it is it's all my time. Grant Stinchfield Inc. doesn't go anywhere without Grant Stinchfield. When I had my trucks, the beautiful thing about 18-wheelers is I've got 15, 18-wheelers running from Dallas to Houston overnight. I'm asleep. The trucks are running. They're making me money, right? When my auto care business was in place, I don't have to be there. Now, it often runs smoother when I'm there, but I don't have to be there. Customers come in, they get their oil changes done, they get the mechanic work done, I'm making money and I could be on the golf course. Not with Grant Stinchfield, Inc. If I need to put a social media video out because someone's paying me to endorse their product or push a certain idea, well, I gotta do it. I gotta do a podcast. It's Stinchfield. Somebody else can't come in here and, and do it for me. So so this is very different, but there's less stresses in this. As I get older, I don't know if, very many employees, and employees were really difficult. I mean, you know, I loved my employees. I was grateful for them. I always said, without good employees and without customers, your business is nothing. You don't have customers unless you have good employees, and really, you're not going to get good employees unless you got a lot of customers, so it all feeds itself. Anyway, with that, Dana White says, these reporters are do-nothing, know-nothing people. Here I am out 14 years. I look back, and I'll turn on the local station that I used to work at, And the same Mother Scratchers are working there. The same Mother Scratchers that worked there for 10 years when I was there. Now another 14 years since I've been gone. Almost 25 years at a local TV station. Making what? Not a lot of money, okay? To go chase crime, stand on a bridge and tell people to drive slow. Go uh, complain about government not... Spending enough money on poor people, like, over and over and over again, the same stories, different faces, different places, different names. That's it. It's the same shit every day, man, in local news. Just put a different name and place on the story. I always say there was no new stories anymore. There were just new ways to do old stories. So these same people are grinding, grinding it. Why? I believe they don't have the stones To go make it on their own. To go make it happen for themselves. They call them golden handcuffs for a reason. Because you get comfortable in your life. You don't want to risk it. But it's only those that say, you know what? I want a better life. I want more. I want more for my kids. I want more opportunity for my kids. Let's go put it on the line. Let's go do something where we create and build jobs. And You know what I loved on Christmas when I knew my employees had a job and that we were going to get busy during the holidays or, or especially during the with the trucking company, we were super busy during the holidays. Now they had to work, but they're making lots of money. And I love being able to employ people. Even though it was very stressful at times. And and boy, could truck drivers and, and oil technicians be a pain in my butt at times. But I was always grateful for them. Always. Um, so. This is the situation with the mainstream media. They don't know what it's like to sign the front of the check. They know what it's like to sign the backs of checks. When was the last time they ever signed the front of a check for somebody? I doubt ever. So Dana White, man, is, is absolutely spot on when he says what he says about the mainstream media. Heck, I'll, I'll play it one more time for you and especially the media.
1: If the media tells you you've got something that that's going to fail, it's definitely going to win. The media are the <laughs> dumbest, know nothing, do nothing, never f***ing built nothing motherfuckers on planet Earth. So when they say it isn't going to work, you got
0: a home run, man. You know what I mean? It's jump in and grind. The, the, the media... These- so it's very interesting because I would often say when the media says it doesn't work, almost... You know who these people are. These these are the, these. he used the term grind for us to grind. I don't think grind is a good term because I work smart. I try not to work hard, though oftentimes I work a lot, but I'm not working super hard. I mean, look, I do three hours of radio. How hard is that? Not that hard. It comes easy to me, this job. I hope you enjoy what I do and think I'm okay at it. But it comes pretty easy. I don't work hard. I'm not out there grinding. You know when I was grinding? When I was a street reporter. That was grinding, man. Come in. Find a story. Go to the police station. Hunt down an interview. Then go out. Try to find the victim of the interview. Then get it. Then come back to the station. Go through all the tape. Write the story. Put it together. Go live at 6. Go to bed. Come back. Do it all over again. That's a grind. I don't want that anymore. How would anybody want that? So those people that are doing those grind jobs, going in every day, going to a cubicle, hitting hitting on on your computer, and you got the same stack every day. Maybe different numbers, but the same stack. You plug and play all day long. You dread when you get the text message from your boss who wants you to go do some meaningless task all day long. Here's what I would say. Figure out a way to buy a small cash-flowing business. Start a hobby on the side. Start a little business on the side and build it that way. But don't just be stuck. You're never, ever stuck. I promise you. There is always an out. There is always an answer to every problem. There is always a solution. And honestly, if you want help finding a solution, just email me. Grant at grantstinchfield.com. Okay? I mean it. You ask me a question about business, small business, how to find one. I'm happy to help you. Okay? Just hit me up on email. DM me on social media. That's a little harder because they got I get tons of their, those there. But you hit me on my on my website and here, Grantstinchfield.com. Grantstinchfield.com. There's a there's a form in there to and I'll I respond to every email. People will help other people who want to be successful. Many of these reporters do not want to be successful. Or if they do, they're too afraid to make it happen. And then these are the people that are passing judgment on all of us. It's ridiculous. It's 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 hypocritical. They, they shouldn't be judging us. And they certainly don't know what the real world is like. They just don't. So, um, folks, I want you to also pay my friends over at... Uh, Patriot mobile a visit PatriotMobile.com forward slash grant 972 Patriot 972 Patriot. Uh, that's where I want you to go because Patriot mobile is doing what no other cell phone company in America can do. They've got a hundred percent us-based customer service. They've got access to all three major networks. So you get the same great service without the woke policies of the three big cell phone companies, uh, which means they can give you a performance guarantee like nobody's business, patriotmobile.com forward slash grant, use the promo code grant for a free activation, do it today and make the switch switching. So easy. As I said, customer service is great over there. I'm so happy. I made the switch to Patriot mobile. Um, so I had a chance speaking of the mainstream media to talk to a woman named Sonia Shaw Sonia Shaw is a hero in California. She's a mom that now leads her school board in in Chino Valley. And um, the LA Times just wrote a scathing piece about her, about this hero, about this woman who's really getting it done for parental rights in California. And I did a segment on the Real America's Voice show uh, about her and then interviewed her. And I want to play that for you because uh, she's such an inspirational person. So please. Sit back, enjoy this segment, and then I'm back here in a moment. Welcome back, everybody. You know, President Trump summed it up when he made it clear they are not just coming after him. They are coming after all of us. And one mom in particular, the Los Angeles Times, wrote an article about one conservative warrior uh, in Southern California. Listen to this headline. Righteous Mother Mother or right-wing zealot, the soccer mom leading California's parental rights movement. Um, They're talking about the head of Chino Valley School Board, Sonia Shaw. She's been on this program before, and she most certainly is a fighter. But making her a right-wing zealot, you want to know what they're so concerned about? That Sonia Shaw's school board passed a rule that teachers would have to inform parents if their kids wanted to use different pronouns or maybe the bathroom that's different from their biological sex. Now, wouldn't you think parents would want to know that? Well, that makes her a right-wing zealot. Um, Apparently, it also makes her a right-wing zealot when she tells the head of schools in California to sit down at her school board meeting, by the way. Remember this?
1: as a point of order as the board no order this is
2: not your meeting you nice. may have a seat because if i did that to you in sacramento you would not accept it please sit I
0: get a point of order? you're
2: not gonna blackmail us you already sent us a blackmailing letter on previous things you will order. Not, you'll not bully us here in chino please see point of order you're, in chino
1: point we're going take order. a five minute break
0: yeah let not get a point of order that's from sacramento you're in chino hills That seems to be one of the few school districts with some common sense in California. So the L.A. Times literally calls it a quote. I'm going to quote from this so-called parental rights movement. You mean the so-called parental rights movement? Parents want their rights restored. That's the bottom line. Well, joining me now is the president of the Chino Valley Board of Education. Uh, Right wing zealot, I guess, Sonia Shaw is with us. Sonia, I hope you take that as a badge of honor.
2: Oh, you know what, Grant? I've been called way worse, so I'm cool <laughs> with it. If it means me being called names to protect our kids, so be it. Call me every name in the book.
0: All right, so you, I'm going to say you started out as a mom. You're still a mom, of course, but you become the head of the school board, and you make changes. The L.A. Times, this is one of the nation's largest newspapers. What did you think when you saw that headline today?
2: You know— I'm not surprised, um, to be honest with you. I kind of knew it was coming. I just didn't know what was in it. Um, I will say, you know, when they talk about how a small portion of Christian, I think it's Christian evangelicals take over school boards, and this is the movement of it. I find that kind of entertaining because I work alongside— many different parents who don't have the same faith as myself, but we have the same belief in making sure our kids are protected from what's coming down from Sacramento. And I think that goes to show us they're going to continue to divide us and try to label us to stop us from having any say and from taking, um, obviously they want to take away our rights as parents. The fact that it's even a parental right, like you said, is a joke.
0: It it really is. It's amazing to me that now you have to make rules to let Parents just uh, let teachers or make sure the teachers just start informing parents about changes and things going on with their kids. You would think that would be common sense. But let me read uh, from the article. The paragraph before this article I'm going to read, they say she is looked at as, quote, a devoted mother. And then they explain that. But then they say this. Or is she, we put it up on the screen, is Sonia Shaw a small town bigot basking in the celebrity she's attained as a mouthpiece for Christian evangelicals intent on infusing their anti-government, anti-LGBTQ mindset into a public school system that by law is bound to be secular and multicultural. Now, Sonia, I'm going to tell you what I believe, and then maybe you could tell me what you believe. I'm not anti-government. I'm just big government and overbearing government. And I'm not anti-LGBTQ. I'm just anti-LGBTQ indoctrination of my children. Where do you stand when they write this about you?
2: I, again, find it very entertaining because I, like like yourself, don't believe I'm any kind of bigot. I mean, just because I want sexually explicit material out of the hands of children and just because I want parents involved, that makes me some crazy radical person. I, I think to even have those labels on me is weird and bizarre. It shows us what kind of time we're in. Um, I'm over here trying to make common sense policies to fight against what's being pushed down from Sacramento and being called all these crazy names. Um, I think it, it really should wake up parents. It should show them that the state's trying to make us the enemy, and we're not.
0: S- Sonia, do you know what I love so much? And I mean this. Here you are, you see something going on in your school district. You literally run for the school board, you make changes, you get rules passed that are protecting kids, protecting parents' rights, and they are so afraid of you. And I think they should be afraid of you. That's a good thing. But you started out just as an everyday mom. For everyday moms out there, and dads for that matter, you can make a difference. You have Sonia Shaw. The L.A. Times, and I believe a lot further than that, these left-wing lunatics, so afraid of you. What, Sonia are they so afraid of?
2: Honestly, for what? For a parent fighting for their children, for common sense, things that shouldn't even be an issue. I find it, again, really crazy that we're even in this situation. But I think they should be scared because we're not going to back down. And we're going to continue to link arms, regardless of the labels. And our force is only going to become a bigger, um, you know, thing to be reckoned with, with them. Like, they think we're going to go away by bullying us, picking on what I wear, picking on, um, you know, my family, threatening my life threatening my kids' fam- um, life, uh, threatening my family's life. I think we've already gotten to that point where they all they all know we're not going to stop. They can call my husband's no. work. They've been through, they put me through everything that you could possibly think of, but I'm not going to stop. Our kids are way too important and they know I'm not the only one. So I think they're trying to make an example of me, but I think they picked the wrong person because I have a lot of support and our community is loud and clear. The outsiders, we don't want them near our kids, and we're going to continue to push that away.
0: Well, Sonia, uh, I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. I think it's brave, and and I think it's what the country needs more of. Uh, The good thing that that I take solace in, I know there's a lot more parents out there just like you that are willing to fight, which is why I think this country is going to be okay, uh, because of people like you. Sonia Shaw, thank you.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate everything that you do.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And uh, the feeling is most certainly very, very mutual. Um, This is one reason, folks, by the way, that the Republican National Committee does not have as much money on hand as it usually does. See, people are fed up with the establishment, even the Republican establishment. So there's a new story out um, that says that the RNC donations are at an all time low. This is from Breitbart, but you better believe the left-wing news outlets are having a field day with this. The problem is they misunderstand why RNC donations hit an eight-year low. It's because Republican donors, grassroots donors, people that support people like Sonia Shaw, moms out there that are are fighting, are giving their money directly to candidates. Um, And that is a very good thing because they don't have faith in the Republican Party anymore. So they want individual candidates to do with what they feel best to do with the money, rather than giving it to the muckety mucks. Um, Let me just explain this to you. While the RNC has just $9 million on hand versus the 20 million it had in 2016 and 61 million it had in 2020 because President Trump was in office, President Trump has already raised $45 million for his campaign in the third quarter alone. $45 million. People are giving directly to the candidates they like most. And that's a good thing. All right, and don't forget about my friends over at Midas Gold Group. MidasGoldGroup.com, 855-322-GOLD, 855-322-GOLD, MidasGoldGroup.com. Now is the time to put your money into precious metals, folks. You got inflation still at three and a half percent and it doesn't look like it's going down anytime soon you got the stock market and all of its uncertainty you got a war on cash going on you have central banks across the globe buying gold and selling the dollar the war on the u.s dollar is on so protect yourself do it today best way to do it is investing in precious metals talk to midas gold group about how much is right for you what you should be doing, I trust these guys, I know these guys, and I know you I know you will love them too. MidasGoldGroup.com, MidasGoldGroup.com, 855-322-GOLD, 855-322-GOLD. Check out MidasGoldGroup.com. Um, folks, a real quick thought on uh, some of these Israeli hostages, uh, by the way. We've got some that are American citizens still. Do you know I've gotten word that they may be, if they're still alive. And I'm not convinced the Americans are still alive because such disrespect has been shown by Hamas to the United States. They refuse to release any of these American citizens. One woman, uh, the last I checked, uh, and one small child. Other than that, we've got eight or nine more that are being held. I'm getting word that they could be transferred to Iran that Hamas is going to hand off these Americans to Iran. If that's the case, this is solely because of Biden administration weakness. The moment October 7th happened, the Biden administration should have hit Iran and hit it hard. They didn't. So now Iran thinks they can do whatever they want to do. Hamas thinks they can do whatever they want to do. As long as they keep dripping out hostages, they think that the assault is going to stop. Israel is not stopping. As we saw when Hamas broke the ceasefire, Israel unleashed on them. Mm. Excuse me as I'm still getting over this cough. So I'm very concerned. One, American hostages are either dead. Two, the Biden administration doesn't care. Three, that they may be transferred to Iran sometime soon. All right, folks, do me one more favor as well. Excuse me. I better end this soon as I'm almost about to choke here. But go to MyPillow.com forward slash grant. Use promo code grant for uh, big discounts. MyPillow.com forward slash grant. Stinchfields Army rolls, folks. Thanks to all of you.